Welcome to When Life Stops, a podcast on finding new meaning after loss. With your host, Daytola and Stella, we are both moms who have loved and lost. Every week, you would hear more about our stories, relatable interviews, as well as practical tips that you can apply to help you find new meaning after loss. Let's dive in. Hey, Daytola. Hey, Stella. Hey, lovely to be co-hosting with you again on another interesting episode of When Life Stops, a podcast of finding new meaning after loss. This is our 10th episode. Drum rolls, drum rolls. (laughs) And today our topic is on loss and its effects on siblings. If this is your first time here, welcome and thank you. And if you're returning back, thank you for coming back. Well, so today we have a guest in Woo-hoo! the house. Yes, we have an interview and we have our amazing guest, Amanda Bedra. And we are going to be gleaning from her and learning from her on the subject of sibling loss. Now, studies have found that sibling loss is associated with an increased risk of death from external curses mm. and that there's increased um, psychiatric health problems mm. following bereavement mm. in, in childhood. Wow. You know, so we need to talk about, about this it. more. Yeah. We yeah. need to shine the light, the spotlight yeah. on it and equip parents on yeah. how to deal with this because we want the effects to be reduced yeah. when they are adults. Mm-hmm. So that's why we have Amanda here and yeah. she's going to be sharing her story. Mm-hmm. So Amanda, welcome. Lovely to have you here. Thank you ladies for having me on your show. Thank you so much. It's an absolute privilege to join you guys today and hello to all your listeners out there. Um, thank you for taking the time to listen to me as well. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So Amanda, tell us a little bit about yourself. Who are you? What do you do? Please, let's go. Okay. So, you know, as you've introduced me, as you've rightly said, my name is Amanda Bedra. I'm a wife and mom to three amazing children. Um, I'm a child of God. I've got the privilege of wearing various hats um, Mm -hmm. as an author, a prayer minister, I love teaching the Bible. I'm a speaker. Um, I also run a nonprofit organization called Empower a Woman that has been set up simply to make vulnerable women smile. So that's my ministry life. But in my professional life, I um, I work within the NHS. I am currently the head of mental health commissioning for West Kent, which is part of the Kent and Medway Clinical Commissioning Group. So that's me in a nutshell. Wow. Wow. You wear so many hats and we celebrate you and we thank you for all the amazing work that you are doing. And we pray that God will continue to strengthen you and help you to reach more people for Jesus. Amen. 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 So tell us, tell us your loss story. Wow. So I, I lost my brother when I was about 11, just before I turned 12. And my brother, so I come from a family of this, this five children, but my brother was the only boy. Mm. He had sickle cell. So he'd been very unwell for the best part of his life. So him being unwell was not necessarily anything new. Mm. You know, I had seen him go to hospital and so many occasions I've been at home with him when he's been unwell Mm -hmm. and so but but even with all of that there were some great times with Mm -hmm. him you know being in perfect health and us just having a wonderful relationship Mm -hmm. um as the only son and the oldest um of my my um parents four children so I have um another sister that's older but from a different mother but mm-hmm. as the only child um the first child for my parents four children he was the older brother in the house I'm the youngest mm-hmm. in the house and it's interesting because we had a really dynamic relationship we're very close um we enjoyed times together um when my sisters were old enough to go to boarding school I was kept at home to be um, a companion to my brother. So I wasn't allowed to go to boarding school at the time. I was young anyway, but I was kept at home to be a companion to my brother. So we were really, really close. 
The day that he died um, is a day that I would never forget. It's mm -hmm. interesting because the day before he had been okay. We had mm -hmm. gone out. We had had a good time. We went to visit extended family. We came back home, went to bed. And then the next morning, he, he just started, you know, acting a bit strange is the way mm -hmm. that I would describe it. But you must remember, I've seen him sick so many times. So I just mm -hmm. thought, you know what, maybe yesterday was, was, was plenty for him and just give him time to rest. And then in the afternoon, he came and he said to my mom, um, please take me to the hospital, which again was strange because for somebody who's been in and out of hospitals, the last place he wanted to be was the hospital. He absolutely hated hospitals, hmm. as did I. And so when he went and he said to my mom, you know, take me to the hospital, I was like, you know what, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to you know, stay at home, which hmm. is a decision that I've lived to regret. I wish I had hmm. gone with them at the time that they went. Um, but I remember asking him, I said to him, I said, you know, where, where are you going? And he looked at me and he said, I don't know, hmm. you know, and it's a statement that I've had to live with for many years because, you know, you grew up as an adult and you start to, you start to think, what did he mean by that? Mm -hmm. Did he know he was going to die? You know, all those scenarios start to play out in your head as to, you know, could I have done something different? Could I have, you know, encouraged him not to go? What difference would it have made? Those mm -hmm. are the things that have plagued me over the years. But anyway, back to the story. He, he said he doesn't know. I, I didn't think anything of it. They went to the hospital. And it wasn't up to an hour. I don't think it was an hour later that my mom came. And from the gates, this was in Nigeria. Um, so the, the house is kind of like in the middle of this big patch. And from the gates, which is a good at least 500 yards away from the main house. You know how Nigerian houses yeah. are. Mm. I could hear my mom screaming mm. and she was screaming, praise the Lord. The Bible says in every circumstance, we should praise him. And mm. I'm sitting there thinking, oh my word, there's a miracle. Something has happened. You know, mm. that's the only reason I could think my mother was praising God. Mm. And so I ran outside and I can't remember who told me, but somebody said, your brother is dead. And I'm thinking, so why is she praising God? Mm. You know, how, how can she be praising God? He's dead. She's praising God. This can't be right. So mm. then I run all the way to the hospital because the hospital is about, let's say, five, ten minutes away from the house. It wasn't mm. a great distance. So I ran all the way to the hospital. Don't even know why the nurses or doctors allowed me. I went into the hospital. I was like, you know, where's my brother? They told me what room he was. I ran up to the room. Mm. And as I walked into the room, He's lying there with the wow. white sheet covered. You know how, this, how you see it wow. in movies? He's lying there with the white sheet wow. covered. And I remember pulling back the sheet and just staring at him, mm. you know, and he looked like he was smiling. He looked like mm. he was asleep. And I'm thinking, mm. so why are they saying he's dead? Mm. You know, mm. but I covered him, ran back home, and it's just an image that has stayed with me for many mm. years. Being able to go and see my brother dead and, you know, th th that, that was the beginning of a journey of pain. Yeah. So, yes. So that's, that's wow. the story of, of my loss. Wow. I mean, just hearing your story breaks my heart. Mm. Like, uh, I, I, I could picture myself being there with you, running to the hospital to look at your brother and... I am so sorry for your loss. Mm. I know it's been years, but I am sorry for your loss. Thank you for sharing as well. Wow. Yeah. So, Amanda, how would you say your brother's death has impacted you over the years, right from a child and even now as an adult? Mm. The major impact was, um, first of all, you know, like you said, your heart was breaking, mine did. He broke into a million pieces. Nobody can explain what it means to lose a sibling. Mm. Mm. It's, it's not a kind of pain that you can quantify. Yeah. Whether the sibling was one day old, a mm -hmm. hundred days old, or whether it was a sibling that you never met with miscarriage, because it's still mm. the loss of a dream, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And as a child, because nobody explained I mean, I knew what death was. We've, we've heard, you know, I was 11. We've heard people have died and, you know, I, I, I understood what death does, what it means, but I had never experienced it. Mm. And so the biggest impact for me was fear. Mm. There was this fear. And I don't know whether it was because I saw his dead body, but I had this fear of death, you know, mm. because I had experienced it. So I knew that it was real and the finality that comes with it. Yeah. So 
not just the fear of death. I, over the years, I started to realize that I was afraid of anything, mm. but particularly when I hear somebody is sick yeah. or when something happens, you know, to a loved one or yeah. to somebody in my family, that fear, it just, it was, it, it, it was a crushing mm. thing mm. that I had to deal with for many, many years, yeah. wow. many, many years. You know, even as an adult, even into my adult life, that fear of death was something that, but for the grace of God, it never, ever, ever left me. And it's one of those things that you don't understand how much it impacts you until you have to live through it. Wow. Until you have to live through it. And in, in my own circumstance, as a young adult growing up, I was always, you know, when I'm sick, I'm worried about myself. I'm worried, oh, I'm going to die. If somebody is sick, I'm worried, oh, this person is going to die. And you know, fear has companions, uh-huh. you know, fear has companions. Fear comes with anger. Fear mm-hmm. comes with, you know, the feelings of rejection. Fear yeah. comes with pride. Yeah. That pride that says, you know, um, God can't help me. I have to help myself. Mm-hmm. Fear comes with a whole host of things. Mm-hmm. And I lived with that fear to the extent that even when I became an adult and I got married and I had my own children, mm-hmm. I was even now more afraid. Wow. Fortunately for me, or unfortunately for me, I married a my husband as well lost his older brother. Wow. So there's both of us were dealing with sibling loss. Wow. And then the devil starts to whisper to me, Oh, this thing is generational. The first mm. son in every family will die. So wow. I'm looking at my first son, and that fear is saying to me, This boy too. This one too. Your mother lost the first son. Your husband's mother lost the first son. Mm. How do you think you two are not going to lose your first son? Mm. Then unfortunately for me, I now have a son that's asthmatic. Ah. So can can you understand how my life was like a living hell? The minute he has an attack, this child is going to die. Mm. I'm playing the scenarios in my head. It's Mm. so real to me. And all of this is stemming out of the experience that I had Mm. in childhood. And bear in mind, I didn't even relate to the truth. It wasn't like I was at a place where I had the emotional maturity yeah. to be able to understand that this is the impact of the loss that I've experienced. Yeah. You know, but it just seemed so real to me. So there were other things that, you know, the, 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 the loss led to. Yeah. But I would say to you, the biggest one for me in particular was fear. Wow. That wow. is huge. Wow. That is huge. And, you know, just listening to you now, I remember... I mean, I mean, we have talked about Moraki or Caleb on the episode, on almost every episode, and fear was one of the things that my children experienced as well. Wow! You know, when he passed, like, oh, mommy, am I next? Am mm. I dying? And they were more cons- looking at his twin wow. to say, is she going to die as well? Oh, so. My goodness. Fear is real. real. It's real. It is real. real. And thank you for sharing that. And just like Stella said earlier, sibling loss is not something a lot of people are talking about. Yes. And I'm glad that we are shining the light on this. We are shining the light on this. So fear. Wow. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So Amanda, tell us how, how have you been able to deal with the fear that you have experienced over the years? How, how, what have you what has helped what has helped yeah, yeah what has helped because someone one of our, some of our listeners might be like this is me i have been experiencing fear all this while so how have you kind of dealt with that okay that's a really good question um for me you know fear is a symptom yes it's is a symptom of something that has happened and in order for me to be able to overcome fear I had to deal with the problem and the problem was the death of my brother because that is what has caused the fear in it. Yeah. So it took a lot of prayer, mm. you know, a lot of prayer, a lot of counseling, a lot of deliverance mm. to be able to come to the point where I was able to deal with the emotional hurt mm. because what we, what I didn't know, let me speak for myself. What I didn't know was that it was a pain that had been locked away, yeah. buried and forgotten. And then you just carry on with your life like normal because everybody expects you to carry on with your life like normal. And even as a child, you know, we weren't given the opportunity to express our grief or to Mm. grieve or for the grief to be acknowledged in a way that Mm. could have brought any kind of healing. Mm. So I had to go through the process of doing that healing as an adult, you know, 
And God took me on an interesting journey over a few years. And it was in, I, I, I can't remember what year. It was maybe 2015, 2016. I went for a conference um, in America. It was Joyce Meyer Conference. Yeah. Digital is not the one that we went for. Oh, okay. I was going to say, yeah, I was there. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Let me keep it quiet. Was, it was the year before. <laughs> it was the year before and um, the theme for that year was being bold being courageous mm-hmm. and I remember I was in the auditorium I was you know I was praying to God and it was around the time where there was some uncertainty mm-hmm. um, I think the police had killed a black boy so there were riots and mm-hmm. there was things going on around and my husband had said to me are you sure you're going to go just cancel this trip you know um, Chicago doesn't feel safe at the time I said no I'm going you know we paid for the yeah I'm going I want to go I want to go for this conference so I was there and while I was there I realized that I started becoming afraid mm. you know what if something happens what if I die what is what you know all those usual suspects came and the devil was playing tricks in my mind mm. and as I was praying I was like God you know we've been through this I, I, this is not the way I want to live my life I don't want to be mm. this person and God said something interesting to me. He said, Amanda, your problem is pride. Mm-hmm. I was like, what? What? Mm-hmm. what has pride got to do with fear? Wow. You know, but as I allowed God to start to minister to me, he started to show me that, you know, it's a lack of trust. It's my inability to trust him. Where the Bible says in Proverbs 3, um, Proverbs 3 verse 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. I'm leaning on my own understanding. I don't trust God fully with my life. And I, I'm taking pride in the fact that I can look after myself. I can look after my circumstances. Mm-hmm. I'm the one that's in control. Mm-hmm. And I'm having this conversation with God and I'm saying, but God, you know, if something happens to me, what about my children? What about my husband? It's not pride. It's me just worrying about my family. And God said mm-hmm. to me, why do you think you are the one that looks after your husband and your children mm-hmm. in the first place? Mm-hmm. Do you love them more than me? Mm. They are my children first before they are yours. Mm. He's my son first before he's your husband. They are my children first before they are your children. And actually, Amanda, they can exist perfectly without you. (laughs) Wow. Wow. So it's the pride that says you're the one who's in control or you're the one who is looking after them that is limiting you and is Mm. engulfing you in this fear. And you need to be able to trust me and trust that the plans that I have for them are good and the plans that I have for you is good as well. And then, so I I went on that journey of, in that process, uncovering where did I lose my trust in God? Mm. And I now remembered, you know, my mom coming in, saying, in all all circumstances, praise God. And I'm thinking to myself, Mm. I was angry with God. Mm. Why is she praising God when God has taken away my brother? So there was that anger with God. Then also, during the process of people coming to the house, in thinking that they are consoling you, Mm. one statement that was being made was God gives and God takes. Now, it's true, but in the context of a little child hearing that statement, God gives and God takes, it lays a foundation of God is wicked. Mm. You know? So I had to learn how to, first of all, forgive God, yeah. It's a difficult thing to be able to say, who am I to be angry with God? But I, my, my <laughs> it's, it's like the child in me, not yeah. my adult self that is rational. The child in me needed to come to terms with the fact that God is good. Yeah. God has good plans. My mother was right in praising God. It was painful to hear it at the time, but that was her own way of being able to put God in front of her instead of my brother's death in front of her. Mm. That was her, her way of being sane. Mm. so to speak, you know, and I needed to come to terms with, yes, God does give and God does take, but mm. not in the negative way in which yeah. I perceived it, not mm. in the way in which, you know, the, the, the devil too can quote scripture and yes. the scripture, he will quote it, quote it out of context. Wow. And for me, I realized that there were some scriptures that I was taking out of context yeah. in relation to my pain. And so I needed to lay down my fear, lay down my hurts, lay down all those things and pick up the true revelation that comes out of the word of God Mm. and put myself in a position of repentance to God Mm. and saying to him, I may not understand it. Maybe I will never Mm. understand it, but it doesn't matter as far as I trust God. Yeah. Wow. 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 Thank you so much. Biggest, yeah, that was the biggest wow. thing for me. I actually wrote a book about it after I had come back and you know come to the revelation of it. So I have a book called Entitled um, Overcoming the Fear of Death that wow. I published in 2017. It's an ebook, it's very short, it's only 22 pages, wow. but it's been life changing for many, wow. and particularly for me. 
Yeah. Wow. And where can people get the book? Oh, it's available on Amazon. Okay, okay. awesome. Overcoming okay. the fear. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get the details and add it to the show notes so yes. that people can go check it out. Yes. yes. Oh, wow, Amanda. Thank you so much for sharing. And I think what you said is very instructive. Yeah. A lot of times when we go through pain, we get to that point where we've run, run, run from our pain and our emotions. And we've been on this long roller coaster of emotions and a journey that has taken us farther away from God than it should. And from what you, you said, when you got to that point where you surrendered before God, you came to him in all honesty and you said, okay, this is how I feel. Mm. This is what I'm going through. This fear thing, what is it about? Mm. You know, and in that place where you were open enough with your emotions, God, I'm upset. I'm angry. I'm disappointed. And that's one of the things that we encourage our listeners to do. Yeah. Sometimes you have to take your pain straight to the master and yeah. say, what's all this about? Mm. Why did you allow this happen? And it's in that place that he can begin to reveal to you you know, the state of your heart or yeah. your lack of trust yeah. and you begin to find your way back. Mm. So that is, that is so instructive. And if you're listening and you, the loss that you've encountered has made you distrust God or turn your back away from him, we, we want to encourage you to find your way back mm. to the loving arms of the father mm. and go before him just like a child would do mm. and speak to your father in truth and express your concerns, your worries, your fears and disappointment. And it's in that place that he can begin to shine light mm -hmm. and you will find healing. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much, Amanda, Amen. for sharing that. Mm -hmm. you know, and you, you mentioned how you observed your mom grieve, how you observed her grief. The first thing you noticed when she came, you know, uh, she talked about praising God, how you not seeing her go through the whole what was the, the, the notions of crying, wailing, you know, the typical grief responses that kind of set you off. So what do you think um, parents need to do when a loss has encountered to help their other siblings, you know, deal with the process better? Okay. So my mom's, my mom's grief was her grief. I can't remember as a child having the opportunity to share that with her, mm. which for me was very, very painful. Mm. You know, um, at the time my brother died, my, my, my father was away. He was, he was on a work trip in America at the time. So he didn't come back until about two or three days later. But what happened at, in, in that situation was there were friends and family and people that came around, but they came around and it felt like the attention was really around my parents, mm. you know? There was nobody really pulling us as children aside. Me as a child aside, I would use myself, um, immediate older sisters were in school. So it took a few days for somebody to go and get them, to bring them back and, you know, obviously share the news with them. So there was about a day or two where I was the only child in the house that was having to cope with this grief. And I can't remember anybody bringing me aside to talk wow. to me about it, to share in the grief, mm -hmm. not even my mom. Mm -hmm. I remember there were times when I was crying and, you know, one of my aunts will say, you know, why are you crying? You're going to be make, your, make your mom even more upset, wow. you know, the whole element of you need to be strong with your mom so that, mm -hmm. you know, we can support your mom. And then when my dad came, it was always, you know, support your mom, support your dad. Mm -hmm. I can't remember a time when we grieved together as a family, when, mm -hmm. you know, my mom was able to talk to me about what had happened or my dad was able to talk to me about what had happened and, as, as a unit, we were able to come together to say, this is our loss, mm. you know? I'm sure I did that with my sisters because my sisters, you know, were close, were kids, yeah. were probably together. But as a family, mm. it felt like my mother's loss, my father's loss, mm. my loss. There yeah. was no unity in that mm. loss. And I think that it, it's, you know, it's important for parents to be able to come together and say, this is our loss. Mm. All of us have lost something. Mm. Wow. Instead of just taking personal ownership. Of the loss. You know, mm. of the loss. It is, it's a joint loss. It's our loss. What does this mean for us as a family? Mm. Yes, we should grieve alone, but we still need to grieve together. And there was no grieving together. Wow. There was no grieving together. I just saw my mom, you know, being shielded. I saw my mom 
being catered for. In fact, because he was the only son and he died um, I think just before he was 18, when my brother was buried, my mother was not even allowed to yeah. know where he was yeah. buried. Yeah, that's so that's how protected, mm. yes, that's how protected she was. So mm. why is it okay for my mother not to know? But me as a child, I know where he was buried. I, mm. I saw him being buried. Do you so you can see the emphasis that was placed on um, the mother and not so much on the siblings. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. And you know, there's in Nigeria they say this thing. I don't know whether you guys have ever heard it, where they say, ah, now the mama born him, so now the mama I go pain pass. Mm. Meaning that you know it's the mother's is is more painful yeah. for the mom. Do you yeah. know that's not true? It's not true. Yeah, it's not. It's not, yeah. it's not true at all. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Because every every relationship is unique. It's unique. So the person absolutely. Yes, and mm. you had a stake in that as well. You had yeah. memories together yeah. as well. So it's unfair yeah. to say because you're the sister, you shouldn't react to the loss or you shouldn't be looked after. You know, it's, it's unfair. Yes. It's really unfair. So you mentioned um, that, you know, a few people or when people come around, they will say things like, oh, be strong for your mom. Don't let her see you cry. Were there any other unhelpful things you heard as a child? when you know when your brother passed i i think the other unhelpful thing you know like i mentioned earlier and something that really stuck out for me is that whole idea of god gives god takes mm. oh, you know and then yeah and then i i remember another comment because my brother had you know sickle cell um somebody had said something like oh you know, you should have expected it. You know that sicklers wow. never live past a certain age, oh and you know, so things like that. And the truth is, no matter how much you expect death, it doesn't mean it's less painful. It you, yeah. Even if you know somebody is going to die, <laughs> expectation does not shield you from pain, and it's not helpful. You don't yeah. need to remind me this was a sick child. Exactly. That's not the issue at stake. You yeah. know, so there were things like that where people were saying, I, I guess they were well-meaning in trying to help you understand mm. that you know because this child was sick also therefore but you know later a few days later what i didn't say about my lost story was a few days later we found out that the you know what killed my my brother wasn't even his sickle cell that's what mm. took him into the hospital but it was the hospital that had made an error so one wow. of the things with um sicklers is that they normally need blood tra transfusion mm -hmm. and that's what he needed. He was, he was anemic. He needed blood transfusion, but they didn't have blood. Instead of them to ask for donations or to ask for, you know, they gave him drip instead and that's what killed him. Wow. So it was hospital error, which made it even more painful mm -hmm. to know that it could have been avoided, mm -hmm. you know? So when people were now making these unhelpful comments about, oh, you know, but you know, he's a stickler, this, that, and you're thinking to yourself, well, actually, maybe he would have died, but not this way. Yeah. Mm, this yeah. wasn't his time. Yeah. You know. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And I think we've we've actually talked about it in one of the episodes where people make all these intel intellectual question, comments, uh, comments that are not emotionally they, they don't help you emotionally. <laughs> yes, at that yes, point, that is not what you want yeah. to hear. Mm. Even if it is it's true, true. Yeah, how is that gonna help you emotionally? You know, so we we need to get to a point where we are we think before we, we say anything yeah, to someone yeah. who's grieving. So, so thank true. you for yeah. sharing, sharing that bit. Yes. So based on your experience and how, you know, you had all these unhelpful comments, what advice would you give to, you know, extended families, friends or society at, at large to help those who have lost a sibling? I think the first thing is being able to recognize that it's a loss mm. for the sibling and not focus all your your attention on the parents mm. it's a family loss yeah. you know and actually what i would say is you find yourself in a unique opportunity as a member of the family or as a friend that comes in contact with a child that has experienced loss yeah. you find yourself in a unique opportunity to be able to um support yeah. Mm. or to be able to support the child's emotional well-being mm. successfully or your words can you can hinder yeah. the child's progress from what you do or what you don't do yeah. mm. wow. you know from what you do or what you don't do sibling loss is a huge loss mm. so as you spend time mourning with the parents include the siblings as well 
Show them that their feelings matter to you mm. and don't underplay their emotions. Don't assume that just because they are kids, they don't have real attachments to their siblings. Mm -hmm. You know, besides, there's no competition in grief. Mm. There's no loss measurement skill where you say one person's pain is more significant more than, the than the other. No, no way. There's, there, there's, you know, and also don't even think that not talking about the sibling is um helpful. Is a way to is helpful. Mm. You know, don't exclude the sibling if you if you can talk about you know share the memories with them. Yeah. Let them know that their sibling still matters. Mm. Whether it's a sibling or you know, let them know that it still matters. Let them know that it's still within, you know, your thoughts. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I know it's because for all you know. Go on. Yeah. No, because you know what I wanted to say. Lastly, was also ask them the impact. Some people are closer to their siblings than others. Yeah. Some people might be more um, impacted than others. So it's. It's kind of like, what does this loss mean for you? Yeah. And let's start to um, talk about it from that place. What do you miss most about your brother? What do you miss most about your sister? And yeah. ask yourself, is there any way that you can try to fill in the gaps? Yeah. If a sibling yeah. says to you, oh, I, I used to enjoy playing this game with my brother. Mm. Maybe in time, play the game with them. Mm. You know, do something with them that can help them fill in that gap. And yeah. give them the freedom to be able to talk about how they feel, no matter how irrational it sounds, no matter how silly it sounds. Yeah. You know, it's their emotion. You know, like I said earlier, you have a unique opportunity to mold a child's emotional future with the support that you give or the neglect that you give in their time of grief. No matter how old or young the child is, loss is painful. Yeah. Share that pain with them. Yeah. Wow. That is so amazing. And I like how you talked about, you know, sharing memories of, of the sibling who has died. Mm. So even for, in my case, even though Mar Maraki Okile was just seven months, mm. his siblings still talk about him every day, wow. every day. And I don't, mm. I encourage them because they will always, he will always be their sibling. He is their sibling. In fact, my older son, when we we're praying, and you forget to mention Morakion's name. You say we are praying for Morakion as well. <laughs> in my head, I'm like, well, he's in heaven. He doesn't need prayers, but we will still pray for him. Do you see what I mean? That is his one of his ways of dealing with, dealing the, loss. with the loss. That's so powerful. Yeah. That's so powerful. So you've shared that is it's it's important to include the siblings in discussions, yeah. um, to ask them regularly how they are doing, fill in the gaps mm. as much as you can give them the freedom to talk mm -hmm. and see it as a communal loss. It's not just the parents. Yeah. So if you are a relative, a friend going to support someone, yeah. understand that what you say and do yeah. has an impact yeah. on the kids, a far reaching impact. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Now, um, what advice do you give to parents who have experienced loss and have other children? Don't shield your grief from your kids. Mm -hmm. Don't shield it. Don't, don't feel you can grieve alone, but you, there still needs to be unity in grief. You know, grieve together as a family and show them what the loss means for you. Mm -hmm. It's interesting the way little minds work, you know. Yeah. If as a parent you think, I don't want these kids to see that I'm crying. I don't want these kids to, you know, to see me upset. Do you know that child can interpret that to mommy doesn't even care or daddy yeah. doesn't yeah. even care? You know, and then that then begins to, that could possibly build a foundation of, of yeah. hatred, of resentment, of rejection. You know, the child is looking at you and thinking, ah, ah, but our brother died, our sister mm. died, and you're not crying. You mm. don't care. You're not I'm seeing anything. It, yeah. You're not talking about it. Do you see what I mean? So don't exclude them from your grief. Involve them. Yeah. And if, if you get to the point where you're going to get help for yourself, you want to go for bereavement counseling, yeah. it has to be something that is done for the whole family. Mm. Don't think that your grief is more important. I think mm. that, you know, sometimes as parents, you, you think that your grief is the most important and you underestimate the impact on the children. Mm. So if you are putting yourself through the process of bereavement counseling, yeah. your children too should have an opportunity to go yeah. through that process. Because mind you, 
there are certain things that they might not want to say to you. Yeah. They might not want to say to a family friend. They might not want to even say it to each other. If you have the benefits of having more than one child that, you know, that speaks to each other, they might not want to tell anybody else, but they might be, they might feel more comfortable speaking that to a stranger, mm. especially if you have a child that thinks this death was my fault. Yes. Remember that there might be some siblings where they would think that in one way or the other, they've contributed yeah. to the death of their sibling. You yeah. know, like in my husband's in, in my husband's case, when he lost his brother, at the time his brother passed away, they had had some kind of um, misunderstanding and he hadn't spoken to him in days. Hmm. So that was part of his grief. Oh, the wow. fact that at the time the brother died, he wasn't speaking to him. Wow. It's a difficult thing to be able to process, to be able to come to terms with. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? So yeah. the kind of um, counseling and the kind of emotional support that he needed was beyond just the grief of losing a loved one. Yeah. It was being able to come to terms with the fact that at the time this unfortunate situation happened, me and this person, we haven't even spoken. Mm-hmm. Me and this person, we were arguing. And if you, have, if you yourselves have siblings or the way you even see your children behave, you know that siblings, they quarrel over everything. Yeah. They quarrel over silly things. In fact, I've got two sons that are so close in age, the way they fight. They fight <laughs> over everything. They're fighting, they're quarreling, they're you know, insulting each other. They even say mean things like, oh, why did you even have this boy? If he wasn't here, my life would be better. You know, they, they yeah. use words flippantly. Mm. And so I had to say to them the other day, I was like, you know, you really need to be careful about what you say and be careful yeah. about the way that you talk to each other. Because if God forbid something happens to your brother, he's not here, or something happens to your sister, she's not here. These words that you have said are words that are going to come back to haunt you. Mm-hmm. And I share my own experience with them. Their dad shares his own experience with them uh-huh. because both of us have had to deal with sibling loss. Yeah. So we try as much as possible to encourage them to you know, have that unity, but not to digress in terms of um, how parents should help their children is being able to understand what the loss actually means for them mm-hmm. and giving them the freedom to have somebody that they can work it through. So yeah. if there's, if, if it's a situation of where there's been an argument, you know, siblings weren't talking to each other, or maybe um, it was an accident and the sibling might unknowingly or knowingly have contributed to what happened, <laughs> those things need to be worked through. Each situation is unique. There's no one size fits all. But the one thing that we must, that can be consistent is that where there's been loss, there needs to be help. There needs to be support. There needs to be the conversation. There needs to be unity. There needs to be counseling. Yes. You know, as Africans, we don't do this very well. Yeah. But Mm-mm. children need it. Yeah, they do. Children, children need it. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. Wow. And, you know, uh, thank you for sharing that. That is one thing that. I made sure I did while I was looking for help to heal. Mm. I also made sure that my children were getting help as well, you know, from school. And thankfully, you know, school, my children's schools have counselors that help. Mm. So I'm really, you know, it's it's important to process what it is that they've experienced. So did you feel any, um, or experience any secondary losses. We say that when a loss happens, it's not just the main loss. There are other secondary losses that happen, you know. So did you experience any secondary loss um, as a result of your brother's death? Well, you know, I don't know if you remember earlier, I had said that I, in a way, I was my brother's companion because he had sickle cell. He had gone through the process of, he tried going to boarding house and that didn't work out so he came home and he was a day student so my first year of of secondary school I stayed at home and I was a day student just so that we could be in the house together whereas my sisters went off to boarding school Mm -hmm. and I had I had wanted to go to boarding school um, myself but it just felt you know from my from my memory it felt like I wasn't allowed to but not long after my brother died I was then sent off to boarding school and for me that was a loss you know, yeah. it felt like, it felt like your usefulness is, is over. So now go mm. away. <laughs> I don't know how else to put it. Yeah. You know, there was a part of me that was happy that I finally got an opportunity to go to boarding school. But the other part of me was kind of like, okay, so now she's no longer here. You're no longer useful, you know, go. So that, it, it's, it, was a, it was rejection. You know, it was a seed. Of, you know how the devil operates. When yeah. there's a little seed of something, 
he finds ways to expand it, mm. you know. So it's, it's that that rejection then became anger. Wow. So not only was I was was I hurt, pain that I hadn't dealt with. Not only was I living with fear. Suddenly, I'm now I'm now an angry child. I'm now mm. an angry person, having to feel like I've been sent away because yes. my brother was no longer there. I, I no longer had the the comfort of being at home, being with my parents. Mm. Um, so I, I think, I think for me, that was another loss. Mm. That was another loss. And, you know, as you, as you grow up and you experience other people talking about their brothers, talking about their siblings, talking about the life that they have, mm. and you don't have that, yeah. it starts to really make a difference, yeah. you know, in the way that you think, in the way that you see yourself, mm. in the way that you, in the way you carry yourself, in the way that you behave. Because you're constantly reminded that there's something within your family unit that's missing. The other impact that this had was, I'll share this with you quickly, was um, people saying, oh, but he was the only, you know, he's the only son. He's the only son. What's going to happen to your father's name? Your father's name is going to, yeah. is going to be lost. And you hear that so much as a little child without realizing the impact it has on you as an adult. So as an adult, I took a double barrel surname. Because there was something inside of me that says, oh, my father's name is not going to be lost. Wow. So for many years, instead of just earning my father's, um, instead of just answering to my father's surname, I was answering to his first name and his wow. second name. Yeah. Just because I didn't want my father's name to be lost. Yeah. When I got married, my husband was like, you're taking my name. That's it. <laughs> but my sister, my older sister till today, hmm. she still carries my father's surname wow. before her name. In fact, her first son, carries my father's surname before wow. her husband's name wow. you know and it's wow. interesting that all of this has come out from a childhood of you know people just saying things yeah. saying things without thinking about the impact it will have on the child you know and the loss that that means so we just felt it as a responsibility oh we can't lose our father's name we must carry on our father's name and that was how it played out um for wow. us so yeah so that's that, that was another loss that came out of that Wow, or rather perceived loss yeah. <laughs> that came out of that because you know my father is still my father. There's n- n- nothing, whether somebody bears his name or, or not, nothing is going to erase his memory. Wow. You know, so I would say it was a perceived loss, but one that I carried for many years and feeling like I needed to take on the role of yeah. the son by having a double barrel name. Wow, wow, oh wow, so that's 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 deep and Very. you know it's 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 so powerful we we take for granted okay. the the little things that impact us mm-hmm. you know the, the things that that make us us mm-hmm. the things we've picked up in our childhood yeah. you know the things people have said to us you know our experiences and it's so important even as we grow up to get to that point of introspection mm. why am i like this why am i doing the things i'm doing what could have cost it you know taking ourselves on that journey uh-huh. of rediscovery and then dealing with those faulty foundations mm. so thank you so much amanda for sharing this yeah. because grief is far reaching mm. You know, there's always a root cause. And if we are patient enough to sit with ourselves and find out why certain things are the way they are, we will get answers, mm-hmm. you know, and I hope as you listen, as you listen um, to our esteemed, esteemed listeners, as you listen to Amanda talk, you're taking notes of things that you can begin to um, do, questions you can begin to ask yourself. And if you're a parent, you are gleaning tips that you can ensure and practice and ensure that your children do not suffer as they grow up. So finally, um, we want to address um, how you dealt with, how you and your siblings managed and um, what experience, the, the experience you have, what advice you have for any other sibling who is struggling to recover from their loss and how they can find new meaning after loss. One of the things that I, I did personally, apart from being proactive in, you know, taking myself as an adult for counseling and, you know, praying and all of those things was to find scriptures that I could hold on to, wow. you know, to find meaning in the word of God, mm. to find comfort in the word of God and to remind myself, you know, that God is still a good God despite all of these things that have happened. 
But I think I must say that it's important for us to understand the impacts that the loss has had on us and the behaviors that have come out of it. Grief in itself is not a bad thing. Everybody grieves. It's an emotion that God has created. It's a, it's a natural healthy. response to pain. Very healthy. Yeah. However, we need to grieve healthily. Yes. Because unresolved grief can lead to um, unhelpful coping mechanisms. Mm -hmm. yeah. So for me, one of my coping mechanisms was drinking. You know, there, there were things that I did to abuse my own body that was in response to the way that I was feeling that hadn't necessarily been dealt with, mm. you know. So recognizing that unresolved guilt can have a negative impact in how we behave, in yeah. the people that we, we become, in our ability to trust um, not just God, but to trust people, to relate to people, it makes it more important for us to know that we need to get help. Don't just push it away. Don't just push it to one side and say, oh yeah, my brother died, you know, 15 years ago or 20 years ago or 30 years ago. It's not affecting me. It is. If you take the time to be introspective, you will see that there's some of the things that you do today that are a direct result of an unhealed loss. So if, if your loss is something that has happened years ago, take it to God in prayer. Take time to you know, investigate what impact that has for you. If you're somebody who has just recently lost a sibling, know that it's something that you need to get help for. I'm not saying that, um, uh, you know, it, it, it's something that cannot be resolved. There's nothing that God can't do. But don't underestimate the impact of loss. I think that's the main message. Don't underestimate the impact of what loss of a sibling means to you and be proactive in taking the steps to deal with it if you're an adult. If it's a child in question, you need to give the child the freedom to be able to grieve properly and provide circumstances that would enable that child to have the opportunity to deal with hurt instead of bury the hurt. A lot of things that are going on in people's lives today can be traced back to a root of unhealed emotions. Wow, that is so fantastic and wow. deep. Wow. And I think it was in episode two or three, I can't remember which one now, where we spoke extensively about unresolved grief. Yeah. And I'm glad that you brought it up again mm. because where there's unresolved grief, it shows up. It shows up. In one way or the other, you know. So I'm Many glad. Years down the line, it yes. does show up. Yeah. And just like you rightly said, if you bury it and say, oh, it happened 15 years ago, back to the myth of time heals all mm. wounds. Yeah. If we do not take the right action steps, time is not going to do anything. Yeah. It is the action steps you take. And I'm glad you've shared some of the things you, you, you did. Scriptures, yeah. um, going for counseling, all of those things. So if you need to listen to this episode again, please do. There's so much that Amanda has shared so much, yeah. and that can help you. So thank you so much, Amanda, for being honest today, for being vulnerable, sharing your story with us. We really do appreciate it. So any last words for our listeners out there as we round up? The, the one thing that I would say, which I have said before, is you have a unique opportunity to mold a child's emotional future with the support or neglect you give when they're in a time of grief. You know, no matter how old or young the child is, loss is painful. Share that pain with them. Don't underestimate the impact of sibling loss. If you're a parent that is going through, you know, grief, share that grief with your child. If you're a family member, you're a friend, share that grief with the child. Do not underestimate the impact of grief on a sibling. It has far-reaching consequences if a child grows up with a grief that has been unhealed. It would manifest in various areas of their lives. And we can avoid that if we take the right steps from the beginning by recognizing that there's a wounded, hurting child that needs your attention, that needs your love, that needs your support, and needs the encouragement to be able to say, I'm not okay about this. I'm afraid about this. I don't understand this. This is a real problem for me. Help me. 
and be there to be able to listen to that child and support that child. I think that's the most important message that I can share today. Oh, wow. Thank you so much, Amanda. This has been so enlightening. There's so much that we can do to help children grieve properly, you know, and you've nailed it. You've nailed it. You've, you've listed tips. And I want to encourage our listeners, just like Detila said, you need to listen to this episode again and again. There are so many germs in here. And one of the, the things that I found really profound was what you mentioned about not shielding grief, yeah. not shielding grief, yeah. grieving together as a family. That's so important. There's this thing where we feel so overwhelmed and we focus only on ourselves. Yeah. But when there are children involved, please ensure that you grieve as a family, yeah. inquire, ask questions, let them get the help that they need and trust that God will help you along the way. And Amanda has, has done a fantastic uh, 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 journey of recovery, yeah. you know, and she's here fulfilling life, living to the glory of God. Yeah. And it's proof positive that you can... Yeah. You can change, mm -hmm. you, can, you can still move forward regardless of the impact your loss has had on you. So we really want to say thank you, Amanda. Mm -hmm. And we trust that our viewers, our listeners, I keep saying viewers, viewers. I know that our TV show <laughs> is coming. Yes, yes. <laughs> you know, I, I trust that our listeners will mm -hmm. want to connect with you. So if you could please quickly just say how our, our, our viewers can connect with you. Um, your Instagram link, your email address, so they can reach you if they want to. Um, the easiest way to reach me is, you know, by sending me an email to amanda at empowerawoman.org. Empowerawoman is one word, dot org. Um, you can also go on the website or you can go on my personal website, amandabedra.com. But if you send me an email to amanda at empowerwoman.org, I'll be sure to pick that up and respond to you. You can also find me on Facebook, Amanda Bedra, or you can find me on Instagram, you know, using my same name, Amanda Bedra. And, you know, I'll be more than happy to connect with you, to answer any questions and to point you in the right direction of the help and the support that you might need or find helpful on your own journey of recovery. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much, Amanda. We'll get all those details and add, add them to the show notes so that people can get access to, to your details. Wow. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. What an insightful interview. Uh -huh. We have really learned so much and we thank you for being here, Amanda. Um, to all our listeners, I hope you found great value in this interview. Please, we ask you share like comment someone might just need to listen to this and please remember to subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to your podcast so till next week keep taking little steps every day that will move you forward and help you find new meaning to life thank you and see you soon bye bye, bye. thank you for joining us we hope you found great value in this episode yeah don't forget to subscribe to our podcast review and share see you next week